some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. Yes. 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and Ohio is really cool because it's one of the uh, top states for Bigfoot sightings and, you know, related sightings to Sasquatch. So it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting uh, show mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah, and I'm glad to have you on, Julie, because you're from the state and you're a part of the Donosco Project. So it's going to be yeah. great getting Paul on here. I'm going to welcome Paul on now. Paul, how are you doing, man? Hey, hey what's up? <laughs> Howdy doody, what's happening? What's happening, what's happening Paul? Yeah, what's <laughs> happening? Uh, no, glad glad you joined us, Paul. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time to join us tonight on the uh, Montrex Radio. Um, you know, Paul, uh, we've had you on the show before, but uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. And yeah, yeah, it's been a yeah. long time. It's been a long time, so I'm really stoked to have you back on the show. Let us know what you're up to. But for our, our uh, we have quite a... We have quite a new audience, and so for the for the audience uh, listening pleasure, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and how the heck you uh, how, how the heck Janoska the Janoska project came to be? Well, you know, I mean, um, in my earlier years, you know, I never did um, I never did go out researching for Sasquatch. I mean, you know, I never really even gave it too much of a thought. Uh, you know, I believed in the subject, but I just never, you know, delved into it and uh, and all that until, um, you know, until I had a sighting back in 2011, and that kind of changed the world for me. Um, you know, uh, September 2011 was a day that it basically uh, changed my life here um because ever since then I've just been, you know, so interested in the subject, and it's like a Bigfoot daily thing now, you know, and and so I just started doing a little research, and I started going out, I started doing, you know, some hiking, and uh, um, you know, then you know, kind of once you get into the subject, then you know, you just meet more and more people that's into the subject, or you know, you come across people that. Um, you know, they start talking about just strange things happening around their house and, you know, things of that nature. And I think basically what really kick-started it for me, um, you know, it was right after my sighting. And, you know, I was just at work. I was talking with a coworker, And, you know, we were talking about the Bigfoot subject. And, you know, a gentleman that I, you know, I've known him for Oh, probably a handful of years, you know, he's just standing in there and he's just, he's listening to what we're saying. And then, you know, after my coworker, you know, he went back out and went back to work, you know, and then this gentleman, you know, he goes, Hey man, I got, you know, can I ask you a question? And, you know, he starts going into, you know, all these things that's happening around his house. And he goes, you know, but I don't know what it is. He goes, we lived there for nine years and, you know, I mean, the majority of the time he's lived there, you know, just different things from time to time, you know, would go on and he would hear certain, uh, uh, he would hear certain things on his property. And the guy lived kind of like out in the middle of nowhere and he owned a hundred acres out there. And now was that close by your town? Yeah. It's, it's only like a 25 minute drive from me. So, um, it's just, uh, it's in a neighboring County and, you know, so I, he says, man, would you come out and take a look? He goes, because the last couple of years, you know, we've, 
you know, we found deer with broken neck on the property and, you know, the the one neighbor up the street found his horse laying by the fence right at the tree line and it, it had a broken neck. Well, it was actually a pony. And, you know, just different things, you know, and he goes, uh, some of the neighbors are talking and, ah, okay, so, you know, um, I got a, you know, my coworker, he, he wanted to go, so, you know, we went out there and, you know, we just started looking around and, and um, you know, part of the back end of the property is like a big swampy area and we would, we would do a lot of uh, investigating, you know, back in that area and, you know, then it just, you know, just different things that we found and, you know, so then we decided, well, let's get some more people. We can cover some more area. And, you know, we did that. And then, you know, the next thing you know, um, you know, we started hearing howls and, you know, which we recorded and, you know, just different things like that. And, and the gentleman that owns the property, you know, he would tell us that, you know, once in a while, some of, something would come up and smack the side of his house in the middle of the night and, you know, just a bunch of interesting things. And that's kind of what, you know, got everything all kicked off for me because it's a, it's a very interesting subject. And, you know, once you've had a sighting or even if you are, you know, really, really interested in the subject, you know, you kind of want to know more and more and more. So, you know, you just dig into it a lot more and, and, um, you know, so that's it's it's almost like a daily thing. You know, I don't think there's yeah. a day goes by that I don't at least think about something Bigfoot related. You know, so, um, <laughs> but you know, you know, then uh, you know, uh, Dan Baker, you know, he decided, hey, you know, why don't we get our own group going? And and you know, I thought about it for a little while, and I said, you know what, to have a big group like that, you know, that's it's it's some work. You know, because you have to keep an eye mm-hmm. on things, and you know you got to trolls, and you know make sure the group goes nice and smooth, and and so you know I did, but you know I said you know what do we call this thing? Because you know I don't, you know a lot of the Bigfoot groups are, you know Bigfoot that and Bigfoot this mm-hmm. and Sasquatch that, you know I said it's got to be different, you know. So you know Dan, he actually came up with the term Genosqua because it's uh, an course name and. And so that's that's what we uh that's what we named it. And you know, it it's it's been going along pretty good. I mean, we actually had the group um you know, on Facebook for about 3 years, okay, is when we originally started it. And you know, we just had so many, you know, issues with, you know, certain people coming in and then they want to start stuff. So, you know, I made yeah. a boo-boo and I did I did make the group secret, okay, but that was my mistake because at the time, you know, when I did that, I did not know, you know, once you went to a secret setting, you couldn't go back. You were stuck with that. So then a little over a year ago, I had to redo the group and, you know, make a whole new one. And, of course, um, you know, roughly the 1,100 people that we had back then, you know, they were – you know, members in the new one, and, you know, then it just kind of grown from there, and, um, you know, and as far as, uh, you know, my admins, you know, uh, Julie's one of them, and then we got Larry Proctor, and uh, Jeffrey, Nikki, and Sam, and um, Kevin, and all that, you know, they keep a pretty good eye 
on the group. I mean, you know, we we eliminate all the stupid crap. You know, if somebody comes in and wants to start something, they get a warning. If they don't quit, they're gone. You know, people don't want to put up with that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, the group's going on uh, 3,000 members now. So it's, it's, it's yeah. going pretty good. Oh, congrats on that. But, uh, you know, I'm really curious about the name Janasqua. I mean, you guys, Dan came up with the name whatever, but uh, – what what's behind the name and why is it uh, why do you I mean obviously you wanted to kind of separate yourself from the generic groups out there that use you know big but this Sasquatch that but the name's really unique. Well, yeah, you know the Iroquois, you know they they call these creatures the Janasqua, which means um, stonish giant. Okay, and and if you do a little digging around, you know, they kind of came up with that Janosqua term because, you know, it is said that, you know, these things would always, uh, you know, roll around in the mud and the clay, and it would give them, when, the, when it dried, it would give them like a stonish type appearance. Um, so that's that's kind of what that term means, um, yeah. you know, but, yeah, that's yeah, how I love the name. arrived at that. Yeah, the name's very unique. We, we just wanted to be out. a little different, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's, no, fantastic. And it's got some history to it. It's not just some random name. So it's uh, unique, and it's mm-hmm. definitely unique to, to for you guys uh, out in Ohio. <clears throat> uh, Paul, what are, uh, you know, you, you got uh, kind of getting, I'm, I want to get to your field team or group. Uh, what are some of the, the, the people you have involved with the, you know, boots on the ground sort of research, and, and what are their roles? Well, you know, uh, a few years ago or whatever, you know, I would take out roughly, um, you know, five, six, seven, maybe eight people, you know, and, and we always like to divide, uh, you know, into teams of two, you know, and, and if you're going to do a larger property, it's you cover a lot more ground with that, but you know, here as of the past, I'm going to say a year, I might mm-hmm. take one person. Majority of the time, I go myself, you know. Um, uh-huh. I just I just think I can um, produce better results if I'm, you know, if I'm going by myself. I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, a lot of people aren't bad. I, just my personal opinion the less amount of people, the better. I mean, I like yeah. going out myself or, or like I say, maybe taking one person, you know, uh, the past summer I took two with me, you know, and and the one, you know, I would give them a camera. I go, there you go, have at it, you know. Whatever you think is worthy, whatever you find, you take pictures. I don't care. Fill the camera up. We'll sort through them later, you know. Um, so that, that's, what they would, that's what they would do. And, you know, I would just, I would basically, you know, hike up on the ridge lines, and I mean, I would go a little deeper than they would. You know, I'm, I'm searching for prints or, you know, hair or anything else that I can, you know, possibly find. But yeah, for the past year, yeah, I just kind of slimmed it down. You know, I, I kind of like going out by myself. I mean, I know it's not really a safe thing to do, you know, but, um, you know, usually, well, pretty much all last summer. You know, I went down to Columbiana County. Um, I have my camper, you know, parked all year round down there, and it's it's a pretty good area. 
and there's already been, you know, I've already talked to quite a few people down there, and there's, you know, there's been a few sightings, and, you know, you, you have people that hear some strange howls, and they said, that's definitely not a coyote, you know. So, um, you know, i just been doing that down there, and, you know, but when I go out, you know, I tell people, this is where I'm going, so they have a general idea, just in case I, like, don't come back or something. So, um right. Yeah, but they have a general idea. I mean, you know, I, when I take off, I don't go, you know, hiking in four or five miles. I don't, I don't go in that far by myself. But um, yeah, know, we, do we don't want you to end up bit, on one of in in one of David Politi's uh, books. Right, that's right. right. But, <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, but they <laughs> they have a general idea where I'm going to be. Um, you know, there there is one spot, you know, off the lake that I really like to go to, and I'd like to spend some more time there. Uh, you can only access that area from boat. There's no trail. There's no roads. There's no nothing. That's the kind of area that I like to hit. And, you know, what you know, what we'd normally do is, you know, we'd all get on the boat, and, you know, my wife likes to go swimming and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, they'll, they'll stay out, uh, you know, on the boat. They'll go swimming, and I'm – jumping on land and I, you know, I tell them, you know, I'm going to be, you know, going right up here, you know, I won't go too far. Um, but it's a, it's a really, really promising area. And, you know, I, everything in there is just so interesting, you know, and I did find a, a couple of caves that I do want to explore, but, you know, I will take people with me to do that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's common sense there, but, uh, there's yeah. a couple areas that I kind of like to go up in. Of course, you're going to need a little climbing rope, stuff like that, you know, which I will take people in for that. But, yeah, just the general hiking, exploring, you know, the area. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much go by myself. Yeah, you know, the I have to agree with you. The uh, I like smaller groups. Uh, you know, I do go out uh, sometimes by myself, um, but, I, you know, people know where I'm going. Uh but uh, smaller groups, there's a lot to be said. They're much more manageable, and you could all be mm-hmm. on the same page, and you don't have to get into, uh, you know, well, keeping track of where everybody's at, what they're doing, and and if you can get right. a good, uh, a smaller group. I mean, of people that are cohesive and under, you know, have the same goals and ideas. It's it, it works out to your advantage and helps research. I, I mean, you get these larger groups. Uh, you know, you start you start running into the human element and all sorts of issues. Smaller groups, I, I agree with you, are the way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just what I prefer. I mean, you know, some people they prefer the large groups. You know, they don't mind it. You know, um, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or nothing, but um, yeah, real small and or or by myself is is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I just well, I, it, it seems like to me that the less people, the more I can concentrate. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just yeah, the way less, I kind of uh, feel about it. Exactly, I agree. Less, uh, you know, having to uh, herd cats, so to speak. <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about anybody really. You yeah, know, and yeah. with the, with the, you know, just a few people, you know, you can actually, as you're exploring through, you know, you can still keep an eye on those people, just in case somebody would slip and fall or bump their head or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Makes perfect sense. But, Paul, let me ask you this. 
why Ohio? Why would Sasquatch be in the state of Ohio? I mean, it, it, if you look at the numbers, and they're there, Ohio gets a ton of sightings and reports. Why Ohio? You know, every, you know, everybody thinks uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, you know, Canada, and blah blah blah, California, you know, Northern California, Oregon, Washington. But why, uh, why Ohio? Why does Ohio seem to get so many reports? What's it got going for it that Sasquatch would be uh, there? Well, you know, I'll tell you. You know, there's more, way more activity on the eastern side of Ohio than there is, you know, central or uh, western side. You know, but the eastern side of Ohio, you know, there is tons and tons of, you know, farmland, rolling hills. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of wooded acreage, you know, on this side. Um, a lot of caves. Um, you know, I do know that there is, you know, whether uh, Sasquatch uses it or not, you know, we're not completely 100% sure, you know, but there, you know, a combination of caves and mines, you know, there's over 850 documented caves and mines on the eastern side of Ohio. You know, versus uh, you know, middle or western side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a lot of opportunity for Sasquatch on on the eastern side. Um, you know, I mean, there's just tons of fruit farms. I mean, you know, it's just it's just here. You know, it's a yeah. lot more wooded over there. Like, um, yeah, you know, it is. It's, on the yeah, west side, lot more we have there. we have you know wooded areas, but they're then they'll break into cornfields for a little while but you'll still have the unbroken parts of the woods um, but I think that's another big factor over there Paul with you guys is you know you have a couple of state parks over there um, you have well, yeah, thousands you got, you of got acres. Saltport State Park yeah you know there's thousands and thousands of wooded acreage you know so mm-hmm. I mean you know even, even Mohican um, you know that is you know, there's been plenty of sightings over there, and you know that's an hour away from me. Mm-hmm. So, so it I mean, like you got this. you got the woods, and you got the forest, and you got these um, this, these caves and whatnot. Um, what would draw not even just a Sasquatch? What would draw? I mean, what kind of uh, animals uh, do you find in these areas? Do you find large mammals, and what kind of ungulates, that sort of stuff? Well, you know, on the eastern side of Ohio. Um, you know, you you mainly just have you know, you mainly uh, as far as animals, you have deer, you have coyote, you have fox, you have you know your other little critters. But you know, I mean, we don't have you know we don't have elk. Um, you know, there's been a few bear sightings you know north of me, um, but for the majority of the part, yeah, no, I mean, no bear sightings over here. You know, we don't have large cat. Um, so you know, really nothing nothing to even compete with. You know, right, right. Now, that's just that's actually interesting and important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got uh, this abundance of food. I mean, what, um, in your opinion, what would uh, Sasquatch be uh, predating on or, or eating? You know, uh, we talked about some of the interesting finds with the deer, but uh, you know, uh, I think Sasquatch would have to be omnivorous. You know, definitely. Uh, you know, what would it be possibly eating out there? Um, you guys got a ton of water sources, that's for sure. But what well, about yeah, there, yeah, yeah, there is, yeah, there's all kinds of water sources over here. Um, you know, deer is plenty. Um, 
you know, I mean, really not too far from here. Uh, what, maybe, you know, 30, 40 minutes north, I know there's, uh, you know, fish hatcheries around, stuff like that, you know, so, which there has been, you know, a couple reports around that that area too. You know, I mean, Columbiana County, um, you know, that's that's a really good hot area. You know, you got, uh, you know, Beaver Creek, it's in Columbiana County. And, you know, there has been plenty of sightings there. So it's just, you know, I don't know if, you know, this side of Ohio, you know, is like a migratory type route. Maybe they hang in the area for just a little while. You know, I, I don't see them hanging all year round. Um, but maybe some type of migratory route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. See, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it does It does seem like, you know, down to Salt Fork, uh, yeah, maybe they do hang around in Salt Fork all year round, you know, because they can go, you know, deep into the woods and, you know, nobody's going to see them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> sounds like, uh, uh, I mean, from, from the reports and stuff that you've taken in and your experience, you, you kind of, I mean, I guess, what is your opinion? I mean, you think that, you know, um, that it may be a migratory route or they do hunker down in the state of Ohio or, or in certain counties? Well, if I would say, you know, if they were going to hunker down in certain areas, you know, I would say Saltport's going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, because that is a really, really large place down there. And, I mean, you know, you can you can hike for miles and still not, but just touch the tip of it, you know. So, um, yeah, I'd say if they were going to hunker down, you know, Salt Fork's going to be a place to do that. Um, as far as, you know, I mean, I'm an hour north of Salt Fork, so, and pretty much a straight shot, too. And, you know, but I would say in this area, they're not going to hang around this area. There would be no need to or, um, you know, I would say it's not dense enough in my area for something like that to do that. Mm. You know, but uh, Salt Fork, yeah, I can can see them doing that down there. Um, Yeah. Well, you mentioned mentioned caves uh, a few times, uh, the amount of caves and stuff. In fact, you you know, you said you had discovered – a cave system that you'd like to explore, but do you think that, that that's a, a high probability that Sasquatch may be utilizing these caves uh, or well, shelter or I, possibly travel? Yeah, yeah, I would say it's a good possibility um, because I should say there were 850 documented mine and cave openings, okay, and then where they go from there, you know, I don't have a map on, you know, which one goes where and and all that, but it's it's cave opening. And that's opening. just the known one, cave. Too. Yeah, that's known. That's no. the only ones that they can they can that's find. Good point. Uh, you know, because I I did go to uh, it was a website for the state of Ohio, and you know I did it took me a little while to find it, but you know I actually uh, they have a map online where you know you can pull it up, and you know it shows you. Um, you know, where each opening is. And, yeah, that is only documented. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Bigfoot sightings. You know, <laughs> we only have so many because it's been reported. Look at the ones that have not been reported, same as, uh, you know, the openings. You know, if they can't find them, they can't document them. So. Right. Right. Have you gotten any reports of uh, 
or you have you found any evidence that may suggest that they uh, use caves or especially you know specifically in Ohio? I mean, have you taken any reports in of this nature, or, or have Sasquatch been seen around some of these caves? Um, no, I haven't. Uh, no reports mm-hmm. on anything as far as to do with caves. Um, you know, these things. Uh, well, I take that back. <clears throat> and. It was uh, so far away, and the guy was, he was in a hurry for me to get over there. He wanted me to do it within the next day um, in which, you know, I couldn't because, you know, I got to work, I got a a shop to run, you know, so. But I did talk to him on the phone, and, you know, he did tell me that, you know, he knew of a place where he had had a sighting, and there was a large cave opening, okay, and, you know, he did, he said he found some tracks, and, you know, um, he followed the tracks to this cave opening, and he said he was too afraid to go in, but he said he did (laughs) take a buddy with him, you know, the next time, and they went back to this cave, and, his buddy actually went in the cave just a little bit and got growled at or whatever. And he said his buddy came running out of there and he said they both took off and, you know, but he he was trying to tell me that this thing is in these, in this cave, you know, only a certain time of the year and it's not very long, he said. And that's why he was in a hurry to get me over there, um, you know, to go in this thing or explore or, you know, check out the area, you know. But I, I just tried to tell him, you know, I, I just I just can't, you know. I own my own business and, you know, I got to, you know, I got to keep my employees working. And, <laughs> right. You know, so, uh, you know, the gentleman here, you know, uh, he was retired or whatever. So, um you know, I never did get to get over there, but he did tell me the story and, you know, about the prince leading to the cave. And so I never got to uh, go over and document that. Um, well, Paul, was that the guy that you could only get there by a boat? No. No, it was no. Uh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay. you know, and then I really didn't hear, you know, too much more about it. Um, I mean, the guy's sister is uh, originally the one that contacted me, you know, and asked me to call her brother about this. And, you know, so I did. You know, I made the phone call. But, um, yeah, never got a chance to, to get over this. <clears throat> but it had to deal with a cave and, <clears throat> you know, some large prints that he found. <clears throat> so, Paul, you were not really interested much in Bigfoot until you and your son actually had a sighting on your own property. Well, it wasn't um, really on my on my property. It was on a you know an adjoining property. But, okay. You know where uh, you know when I originally got growled at when uh, when I was standing out on my back porch here, you know just from the other side of the pine tree that's where he got growled at. But um, but it was an adjoining property and it's owned by the gentleman just lives right up the street here. You know, he don't really care if you go on his property. You know, just don't 
may, you know, just don't throw a bunch of trash everywhere, you know, things of that nature. Don't tear up his property. Otherwise, he, he don't care if you walk on it or, you know, anything like that. So, but it was an adjoining property. Yeah. Yeah, and what year was that, 2011? Yeah, September 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know you've told your encounter story on some podcasts before, but there may be some people that haven't heard it, so can you kind of just touch on um, what it is that you saw? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they want to actually read the, you know, the story, um, you know, they can go on the genosquaproject.com website under blog, and it will be listed in there. Or um, it was investigated by the BFRO, Mark DeWirth, Mark Mazel. They both came out. Um, so it's on the BFRO website under, you know, Ohio and Stark County. Uh, you'll see it there. Um, but, you know, basically, you know, after after we had got growled at, you know, it was uh, it was just a few days later, you know, my oldest son, 23 at the time, he uh, he came over because I told him we, you know, go back. Let's take a walk in in the woods and see if we could see anything or whatever. So you know that's 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 what we did. And you know once we got back and we ended up crossing a small feeder creek and you know uh, well actually before we did that I caught some movement out of the left corner of my eye and. Uh, but I couldn't tell exactly what it was or what color it was. I just caught the movement, you know. So we just proceeded, and we crossed that feeder creek, and we walked a deer trail um, right beside it, you know. And, you know, at the time, you know, my son thought he'd seen something, but it was a good it was a good 100 yards away anyway. He thought he had seen something, you know, behind a tree right beside that feeder creek, you know, and, and he had me look down there, and I said, yeah, you know, I do see something, but, you know, I can't tell what it is. You know, it could be a tree, a log, a stump, could be anything down there. You know, and then just whatever it was, five, ten minutes later, you know, um, I looked down there again and then actually looked different. It's like whatever was there wasn't there now. But I didn't really, you know, give it too much thought, and, you know, we proceeded to walk along the trail, and, you know, then we found a good spot to cross a larger creek. About It's probably about 15 feet wide, but it's really shallow. So we crossed over there, and then, you know, he went one way, I went the other. And, you know, just after a few minutes, you know, he called me over, and, you know, and I go over where he's standing at, and he's standing in a, you know, it's like a little clearing and with nice green grass in it, you know, surrounded by the brush. You know, and he's he's looking at me. He's going, man, do you smell that? And I told him, he says, yeah, you know, but I don't know what it is because, you know, it was like a combination of odors. And it was just hard to pinpoint. And, you know, and we were thinking, you know, dead animal or something. And, you know, so we actually went over and we were kind of looking through the brush. And we never came up with anything, you know. But the, the, the odor was, was there and was really strong. Well, and, was it similar to... So like um, a dead animal smell. I you mean, know, it was it was like it was like a combination of, you know, rotting carcass, skunk sewage type. You know, it was just a a combination of you know a few different things, 
and you know you couldn't you couldn't pinpoint you know okay it smelled like a rotting animal or okay it smelled like a skunk or okay you know it was just like a it's an undescribable odor but it was really strong and you know after searching that area for yeah i don't know five ten minutes or something and you know never actually came up with anything didn't see anything you know it was you know it was getting to be i think about a quarter after six and you know, we left the house here at 5.30, so we was going about 45 minutes. And, you know, we crossed back over the creek, and we walked that deer trail um, over, and we was following that little feeder creek, you know, to get to the area where we had originally crossed over. And, you know, my oldest son, he's standing in front of me. Well, he's walking in front of me probably about, you know, six feet or so in front of me. And then, you know, the next thing I know, you know, he stops, and he's looking to his left. And I, I, you know, I, I just went, dude, what are you doing? You know, and he's looking at his left and he goes, look. And, you know, I, I look over to my left and I'm not seeing anything. And, you know, because right where I'm standing, you know, right in front of me, you know, there's a, there's a tree limb, still got leaves on that time of year. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of looking over in that general direction. I'm not seeing anything. And, and I said, what? I, I, don't, I don't see anything. So they point, and he goes, right there. You know, so I look over, and then I kind of hunch down to look below that limb, you know, and there this thing stood, you know, 40 yards from us. And once I seen this thing, you know, it, it, it's standing there, and it's at a, it's not directly facing us. It, it's standing at an angle. And it's kind of looking in our direction, and it's moving its upper body back and forth. And, you know, I looked at my, my boy, and I said, what's it doing? He goes, I don't know, but, it's you know, it's rocking its upper body back and forth. And, you know, we stood there, and we watched it. For how long? I couldn't say. You know, because <laughs> once you see something like this, uh, you've never, ever seen it before. And, you know, the massive size of this thing and from my angle, you know, after hunching down and looking underneath that, that branch, you know, I could see this thing from head to toe. And the only thing separating mm-hmm. it from us is just, you know, just some vegetation or just a little bit of brush, you know, uh, some sap, small saplings. I mean, you know, no large trees or whatever. And it's like a pretty much wide open area. And... You know, the the time we viewed it, you know, I, I don't know. could have been 20 seconds. It could have been two minutes. I You know, I don't know because it just puts you in a different, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but um, it's like the time stood still and, and you're standing there and you're looking at this thing and, you know, I know my mouth had to have been, you know, wide open and I wasn't moving and he wasn't moving and we were just like, standing still and you know we're we're looking at it because you know it was the ugliest thing i've ever seen you know he was like an auburn color and you know you you really couldn't tell any facial uh features because it had so much hair on its face and you know the hair coming down over the forehead and and the brow ridge and stuff kind of like went over in front of the eyes too and you know you could you could see the hair on the side of the face went clear up the bridge of its nose, and 
you know, you definitely couldn't see no ears, nothing like that. You know, uh, the angle that it was standing, you couldn't see the palms of the hand, you know, but he had them both, you know, like hanging down, straight down. And he just, he's standing there in like a forward gate type motion and their position. And, you know, he's just going back and forth, you know. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, because this thing is so huge. And I noticed that the large tree that it was standing beside, that was directly beside the creek, you know, there was a big growth on the side of this tree, like a big knot. And that's where his head was, the top of his head was. You know, I, I did notice that. So, you know, finally my oldest boy said, I'm getting the hell out of here. You know, <laughs> so, yep, I agreed, you know. So he goes, well... I'm running. I said, no, you don't want to run. I said, we'll walk out, but we'll just keep an eye out behind us. And, you know, so he's walking, but he's doing one of those fast walks, you know. So, um, yeah. And, I mean, he's 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 booking down through there, but he's, he's walking, but it's pretty fast. And, you know, I just keep looking behind us, just keep looking. And I'm not seeing anything. I'm not, you know, seeing anything move or anything like that. And then, you know, we took a little shortcut across the cornfield, and then as soon as we got on the other side of the cornfield, and we stepped in my yard, and we both turned around and looked in the direction that we came from, you know, to see if it was, like, following us or anything like that. You know, as soon as we stepped in my yard, we heard two tree knocks, and it didn't come directly straight from us. It was just a little, little bit north. And it was two loud knocks, and we both heard it. And my boy looked at me and goes, did you hear that? I went, yes, I did, you know. So then, you know, we came in the house, and, of course, we proceeded to tell the wife. And, of course, she's not going to believe us anyway, you know, and went through all that ordeal, you know. And, you know, then it was that day, that night, then it was, you know, I'm sitting on my uh, living room couch, what did I see? What was that? You know, mm-hmm. why did I see it? And just all these questions are going through your mind. And then the next thing I know, I start getting on the computer, and then I start typing in Bigfoot, you know, on a search. And, you know, I just start, because there's too many unanswered questions, you know, why? Did, why what was that? Why did I see it? You know, just so many things mm-hmm. run through your head. And, you know, it takes a little bit of time to render, you know, what what you had seen. And, yeah, it's just, uh, it's definitely a life changer, you know, because, you know, after that, you know, I mean, I've been in them, in them woods many, many, many times. And after that, it was probably three or four weeks before I would go back in them woods and when I did, of course, I didn't go as far as I used to. You know, I had to kind of get like get reused to the idea because, you know, I had a good idea on what this thing was. But I mean, why is it here? You know, and there's so many different did, questions. So then, did you know ever since when then, you thought what it was? I mean, did your brain think, "Oh, it's a Bigfoot," or was it just going, "What the hell is this?" Well, yeah, as soon as you see. As soon as you see it, you know exactly what it is. You know, this was a daytime sighting. 
Now, if if it was a nighttime sighting and you seen like a silhouette or something, or you seen some eyes, okay, then you can kind of question yourself. But this was a daytime sighting, and once you see one, you know, at 120 feet, you know exactly what you saw. You know, even though I've never seen one before, but, you know, I mean, you see it, you know, online, you you see it on TV, you know, just over the years, you know, uh, you, everybody knows what Bigfoot looks like, you know, you know, in a sense, you know, even, even growing up as a kid. But uh, once you see one, especially a daytime sighting at 120 feet or closer, you know exactly what you saw. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. What, what, you know, what were you, you guys just, doing you still, out there originally? You still got to I mean, question it. Yeah, but what were you guys doing out there uh, originally? I mean, why were you out there? I mean, you weren't researching. Uh, you weren't looking no, for Bigfoot. No, Bigfoot this, found you, no, apparently. When, and, so what were you guys doing? I mean, why were you out when there? When we – no, when I stepped out of my porch on that um, Monday night to have a smoke, at 2 o'clock in the morning, because I wasn't sleeping that well, and 30 feet from my left, there's a single row of pine trees that divide my yard from the, a cornfield, okay? I got growled at at 2 o'clock in the morning. I've never been growled at like that, and the growl, you could tell it was not a coyote, it was not a dog, it was nothing like that, because this growl penetrated you, and... It was a real low, bassy type, but loud growl, and you know it immediately caught my attention. And you know, I mean, I'm going to tell you, you know, I I have a hearing issue, okay? Um, you know, it's just from working, you know, in cars and running air tools and all that over the years, you know, it damaged my hearing. But this was so loud, and as soon as I heard it, I looked to my left but I couldn't see anything. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I, I'm hearing things, you know. So I continued to stand there, smoke my cigarette, and it wasn't not even one minute later, it did it again. And then I looked to my left again, but yet I'm still not seeing anything. So I went back in the house. The very next night, I got up, it was 1 o'clock in the morning, and it was like the same scenario all over. I walked out on the porch, 1 o'clock in the morning, I lit my cigarette, and both times I'm standing by the French doors that lead to the to the rear porch here. And the ashtray's still in the same spot, and I'm smoking. I wasn't out there not even a minute, and I got growled at again. And I looked over, but yet I couldn't see anything. So now I got two nights in a row. I got growled at, and I don't know what's doing it. Uh, so I put my cigarette out. I didn't even finish it. And just as I entered back in the house, you know, my wife had got up, and she's heading out there to have a smoke. And I stopped her, and I said, there's something out there growling at me. It just growled at me just like a minute ago, and it did it again last night. Then my wife says to me, I know, I've heard it before. 
and I looked at her. I'm like, well, thanks for telling me, you know. And, <laughs> you know, so that's originally what kicked it off. So then, you know, when I was telling, you know, some coworkers, and then I was telling my son about something growled at me out here, you know, and uh, I told him the whole scenario, what happened. So that's when, you know, my son says, I'll come over Friday after work. And I said, all right, then we'll take a walk back to see if we can, like, find anything. Because something growled at me. And I didn't imagine it, you know, two nights in a row. And then, you know, my wife says, yeah, I know I've heard that before. So something's going on. That's why we went back there. But you weren't thinking Bigfoot. No, absolutely not. I was not thinking Bigfoot at the time, you know. Um, But something large growled at me because it just it just penetrated you and it was just intense <laughs> and I've never experienced anything like that you know you can tell when a when a dog growls you know and it wasn't nothing even near that you know mm-hmm. so that caught my attention but at that time and before we went back to them woods yeah Bigfoot never even crossed my mind you know we didn't go back to look for Bigfoot we just went back to see if we could see, you know, if there was, I don't know, I don't know, bear. I mean, you know, I don't know. And that's the reason that we went back there. But, huh. yeah, we didn't go back there looking for Bigfoot because that never even crossed my mind that a Bigfoot would be, you know, in this area. Right. And Now, I know I listened to um, you just a while back on a, a different podcast, and you had talked about some of the events that happened to some of your neighbors uh, after you had this happen to you. And there was one in particular that um, you you had mentioned about a woman that had gone out in her woods with her children, and they were in a tent. Yeah, because... Yeah, can you elaborate on that? Because you... You kind of ran out of time on that story on your last podcast, and I, that was really very intriguing. Well, here's what happened. It was the same year, 2011. Okay. Um, and it was like, now I'm going to tell you, my sighting happened in September. Now, you know, I had had activity all the way up until December 31st out here, you know, just different things, you know, I discussed it on some other radio shows on, you know, just different things of what happened, you know, with our dog and just all kind of stuff, <clears throat> but what had happened is, um, there's a lady that lives right up the street, and it's probably, if you were to take a direct walk, it's probably a half a mile from me, and the property that she owns, the wooded area, out of the back of her house, is actually the same connecting wooded area that me and my son had the sighting in. Except it's about if you if you were to leave my house and just you know just walk, start walking through the woods, you walk about a half a mile and you'll be on her property. And what what had happened is uh, her daughter was learning how to play a flute for class or some school thing and this lady she has she has a horse and it's at the end of her yard right at where the the woods start 
and this little girl, I think she was 12, and she was sitting outside um, right at the house there, and she's trying to learn how to play the flute, or she's playing it, and she kept looking up because she seen something watching her from the tree line. She hollered for her mom. Her mom walks out, and she tells her mom, you know, see that big tree back there? There's a huge tree, and it's got a Y in it, probably six, seven feet up, but it's a huge tree. And she told her mom that something is back there and keeps watching her from behind that tree. Well, her mom just stood there and watched as the little girl played this flute. And her mom seen it. Okay. So then her mom gets a hold of somebody that knows me. And, you know, me and this person, we go over. And, you know, she agreed to talk to us about it. She didn't want to do no video, nothing like that. But she agreed to talk to us about it, agreed to let us go back and take a look. So I went over there and I talked to her and she told me the whole story. And we went back and she she showed me the tree that it was peeking, you know, around. And uh, she says, but I'm going to tell you something else. She says, last year, she says, in the woods, just a little ways back, she says, you're going to see a tent. And she says, me and my two little girls, she said, we would go back in the woods. And, you know, we'd do a little tent camping back in there. And we'd, have, you know, build a little fire, stuff like that. And she says, but one night we went back and, you know, we set the tent up. And, you know, we got everything all situated. And, you know, we had, you know, our little fire. And we did the hot dog and the marshmallows, all that good stuff. And... She says, then we were in the tent sleeping, and we started hearing these strange noise, and we started hearing, um, you know, footsteps around the tent, and she mm-hmm. says she just she just named off uh, just a bunch of stuff that, you know, like little grunts and just little things like that, and she said, scared to death. They wouldn't peek out of the tent to see what it was, and... She says, whatever was out there, she says it was right at our tent. And she says, if you go back and look, she says, our tent is still there. Our fire pit's still there. Everything is still there. We will not go back and get it. It's been laying back there for about a year now. She says, we will not go back in the woods. And they won't go back there in tent camp anymore. So whatever it was, you know, at the time, you know, scared them enough where they will not go back there. And, you know, so me and my partner, we did, we went back there. We found the tent. You know, it had a bunch of leaves laying all over it. It was all flattened out. And, you know, you could wow. see, you know, where they just totally left everything. And it was just all sitting back there and been sitting back there for a year. Yep, they will not go back in them woods. They will not tent camp back there anymore. And then, you know, the little girl and the mother seen, you know, this creature, uh, you know, peeking out from behind that tree, you know, which is right behind uh, like a horse corral thing that, uh, you know, is right at the end of the yard. It's butted up against the uh, the wooded area. 
And she even said sometimes, you know, the horse will get kind of spooked and it'll go into the barn. And she says sometimes she can't get it back out. They don't want to come out of the barn. You know, and this is only like a half of a mile from where I am. You take a direct walk. And the flute incident happened like, geez, it wasn't a month or something like that after my sighting. Wow. So, so you know, this thing must have been in the area, you know, for a little bit of time because, like I say, I've had, you know, um, just different incidences, you know, that would happen, you know, not directly at my home, but, you know, at a tree line or in a field or, you know, something like that. And then I will tell you one thing that did happen, you know, that time of the year or whatever, you know, uh, the garage on the house, we always leave the main garage door open until we go to bed and then we just reach out and hit the button. You know, my wife, well, at the time, my oldest son that was with me when we witnessed this creature, you know, he was still here this certain day. He was still here. We were both sitting back in the family room. And my wife came out, you know, through the little hallway and out into the garage. Of course, the garage door is open. And she came right back in immediately. And she says, hey, you guys come here a minute. So my boy looked at me like, uh-oh, you know. So we both come up, got up. We came out in the garage. The same odor, the same odor that we had when we were back in the woods, when we encountered this thing, the same odor was in my garage, was right outside the house, and it was so strong, I kid you not, it was so strong, it made your eyes water. And as soon as my oldest son came out, he came out ahead of me, as soon as he smelled that, he turned and he looked at me and the look on his face because he recognized that odor, and so did I. And my wife says, what is that that stinks? And less than one minute, less than one minute later, that odor was completely gone. Huh. You know, I'm not going to say it came into my garage, okay? I'm not going to say that. It could have. I don't know, but I'm not going to say that. Um, Or, you know... It was up near the house or something, but that was the same identical odor as what we had when we were back in the woods. And my oldest son, he knew that as soon as he smelled it. He knew it because he just looked at me, and the look on his face, you know, he he knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that it uh, made the eyes uh, water it reminds me of uh, oh, yeah, it around was, skunk. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you know. it was it was so strong it, it 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 would make your eyes water. It was just that strong here. And a minute later it all dissipated and went away. Wow. You know, yeah. Now has it's, anything happened since then, Paul, at your place? Since nope, since it was um New Year's Eve of that that year, uh was okay. the very last thing that I've ever had that I even you know, I even noticed. 
that was the very last thing, you know, that many years ago. Never, you know, I keep my eye out, you know, just different things. And I, every time I'm outside, you know, I take a listen. And, you know, if I'm out on the back porch and it's dark out, you know, I'll sit out there and I'll listen. Yeah, I've I've seen or heard Mm -hmm. nothing since. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. You brought up the odor thing. Um, With your speaking to people who contact you, you know, about encounters, do, do many of them talk about smelling an odor or, I mean, as far as percentage-wise, is there a higher percentage of people who mention that or don't mention that? You know, out of all the people that I've talked to that uh, encountered, uh, you know, something like that, you know, believe it or not, a lot of them said there was no odor. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's some that says, you know, yeah, yeah, it was really bad. You know, we had the odor, but we didn't see anything, you know, or, you know, we've seen it and had an odor. But, yeah, majority, you know, they say, no, we didn't notice any any odor. So, okay. you know, the the odor, you know, I don't know if, you know, if these things are capable of producing the odor. Um, you know, there's no like proof Like a pheromone almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no mm-hmm. proof of that. Interesting. Um, you know, or... You know, do some of these things just stink that bad? <laughs> right, know, but, right. I mean, it's not like yeah. you have a shower on the corner or anything. So. Right. Yeah, um, you know, with, 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 with these sightings, you know, predominantly looking at sightings as a whole uh, or, or a smell, you know, uh, most sightings or anything involving Sasquatch don't, uh, if you look at the numbers, uh the smell is not there. Uh, it's it's rare, but um, there are enough sightings out there where you smell something, see something, it makes it very interesting. And I have to think that it's um, you know gorillas and other animals um, can release pheromones um, w- when they're scared or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or, yeah, or intimidated you know, from, or something. Intimidated, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Uh, Usually it's close proximity. You know, I know Todd Nisa has spoken about uh, smelling similar stuff. You know, I, I personally, uh, you know, I had a sighting back in 2011 as well, it, but it was August. I never smelled anything the whole time. But mm-hmm. a lot of sightings, uh, you know, don't include the smell, but some do. And it seems to be, uh, if, if Sasquatch is um, giving off some sort of, nasty pungent smell it, it's on, almost seems like it's it's um generated from the body obviously but that it is um from the glands you know something something similar to like what a gorilla would do or a you know a great ape uh you know but but it's very interesting to hear reports like that because um they are out there yeah um right. you know just just like the creature that we witnessed you know i mean by the looks of the thing, it, I mean it was it was the ugliest, nastiest looking thing because the the hair was just you know it was all dirty looking and the hair was just all matted. I mean all over its body, you know. And it 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 was nasty looking. So you know an odor from mm. that thing would not surprise me, you know, because <laughs> it was just it was just nasty, filthy looking. You know, I mean it wasn't. Yeah, you, know, you see some of these pictures. Uh, you know, uh, the people draw a Bigfoot, you know, and the hair's all nice and neat and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And 
And, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people do some really nice drawings out there, but you compare that to what, you know, I witnessed, and the hair was nothing like that. I mean, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. there is reports out there where, you know, the, the, the people say, you know, the hair was, you know, not matted and it was, you know, straight or, you know, it was whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, this thing here was just, he was just a nasty, ugly thing. And like I say, just about all of his hair was all matted. And I, I do remember, you know, on the left arm up toward the shoulder, I mean, it was just big clumps of just matted hair. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know what this thing was doing, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he so, was so, just Paul, so an odor from that thing. Yeah, I mean, I you would think that would be almost, you know, just a natural type stinky odor, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, it brings a lot of questions into my mind when I hear uh, reports like this and stories like this. You know, have you built up any um, patterns or anything? I mean, you had your sighting in September. You had the second odor in December. Uh, I mean, have you? is there any particular months that you think are more important well, to well, you here. be out in the field let, let, researching uh, based on your personal observances and with those reports that you've taken in from other people? All right, well, here, hang hang on a second. You know, when I got growled at at 30 feet, mm-hmm. there was no odor. When we encountered it in the wooded area, there was an odor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is yeah. it capable of producing it? You know, I you know, I don't know. All right, what what was your question there again? Yeah, I mean, uh, given uh, what you have seen uh, with your encounter in September, uh, and then the, the uh, this this pungent smell once again uh, that was familiar to you from September that you smelled in, in the month of December uh, is, I mean, and with the reports that you've taken in and the people you've talked to, is there any particular months that stick out to you as uh, uh, mo- prime months to be out researching or are you getting any patterns uh, of, you know, Sasquatch being in certain areas? Well, you know, like around here, it seems like, the majority of sightings are late August, you know, to December, first part of January. Mm-hmm. There's really not much in the summer around here. Um, practically almost any, anything at all. Um, come in, you start coming in the spring, it starts to pick up a little bit. Then it fades out in the summer. And then, you know, August, September, October, November, it starts to pick back up heavy again. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, just from people that contacted me and told me about something that they had seen or um, witnessed or, you know, whatever, you know, majority of them are huh. in the fall. And, you know, there was, there was one... Um, there was a sighting here, not but maybe a mile from me, if that. You know, it's been, you know, um, quite a while ago. It was in January. Um, so it, it seems like, you know, August on up into January is like a really good time. Um, you know, I mean, I've been out in the winter, um you know, looking for prints, anything like that, never come up with anything. Um, 
you know, but I hate winter anyway. I try to keep <laughs> from going out in the snow. But, you know, I mean, I've done it. And, yeah, I've never really come up with any prints in the winter, but um, the reports are there. Yeah. Right. Well, apparently, yeah. And that's interesting because, you know, you would assume – uh, well, in the summer months, that people would be out camping and doing their thing because of the nice weather and whatnot. But it seems like, uh, you know, the reports are coming from the latter part of the year where winter starts to set in and the nastier part of uh, the season sets in. But the reports are higher from August through January, which yeah. is, you know, can be some nasty months. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you think, I mean, you know, you would think there would be more port reports during the summer months because, you know, more people is out. They're more active. You know, they're going camping. They're going hiking. You know, they're going fishing. They're doing all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's been reports, you know, uh, during the summertime, you know, like Salt Fork, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, here around my area, um, you know, I don't research Salt Fork. I don't go down there and research. There's there's plenty of people down there that go down there just to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I stay away because the less people for me, the better. You know, I want to go to an area where, you know, I'm not going to see anybody. That's right. the area I like to go to because, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, hear something and go, oh, okay, that was that guy. Oh, yeah, there's a guy over there. Oh, there's a guy. You know, I don't I don't want to go out there with a mix of people. You know, I'm going to go out where there's nobody. Yeah, and, so. and Salt Fork is known for its Bigfoot activity. So that's one of the yeah. things, that, you know, as a researcher, I would probably pull away as well, at least during the summer months for sure, because there's other uh, people, have been, you know, interested in the subject matter in Bigfoot that may be out there right. making knocks and doing calls. And if you're out there right. during those peak times, uh, you don't know what you're hearing. You don't know who's out there. Yeah, because Bigfoot is uh, one of the main attractions for Salt Fork. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, you have people going there, you know, all the time, you know, um, you know, which is fine. It just I don't. You know, I, I just prefer I'd rather, you know, do private property. You know, I'd rather do something like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, than to go out to a regular, you know, public park type thing and. Yeah, you just too many people for me, but well, yeah. you know what, Paul? You said, um, you know, a lot of the encounters are reported in August into December, January. Now, I am three. What am I about three and a half, four hours um, southwest of you, aren't I, Paul? Yeah, I, I yeah, you're about right four hours. Southwest. Yeah. Okay, so now the area that. Um, we have down here, it's on private property. Um, now, this person has had uh, seen a, a creature on his property three times since 2009. And the most active times when he hears it or sees it has been February through September. Now, after September, he doesn't see or hear a thing. October, November, December... Usually sometimes in January he might, you know, see a track or something. But mm-hmm. he has a lot of activity during those months. And, you know, a lot of um, whoops and and howls and 
hearing, he describes the noises that come out of his woods as something in the woods throwing trees around. So um, I know that on this side, at least, we we do seem to have more activity throughout the summer than even on the east side of Ohio. Yeah, I'm sure areas will differ, you know, um, just like, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know, but, you know, like Washington, Oregon, stuff like that. You right. Know, there's probably activity all year round. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's just yeah. odd how just four-hour uh, <laughs> difference can, you know, be a different pattern, mm-hmm. if you will, of mm-hmm. reported activity. Right. Well, I mean, that that goes to say, you know, that it's important to uh, really look at your area of interest, um, the area of reports and whatnot, and really delve into uh, them um month to month and year to year because that's where you start to get patterns. I mean, not you're not going to get a pattern over a year. Uh, it takes multiple years and, and months and, and research in different areas to get a an idea of maybe possibly what you're dealing with, you know, and that that's, you know, what goes without saying is very important. Um, the I, I find it fascinating that, you know, Paul's talking about the months of September through January, you know, um, because, you know, different parts of the country, um, you know, here in Oregon, Washington, you know, those are big months, you know, August and whatnot. But, of course, there's people out in the woods doing their thing. But a lot of the early springtime stuff, uh, we get a lot of reports early spring, you know. So mm-hmm. it's uh, – it, it, and that's where you get your patterns and ideas of where to look and go to um, by researching right. this stuff and being out there all times of the year. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Paul, like you said, you know, you don't like the winter. I don't like the winter either. Well, actually, I kind of do like the winter, but, you know, it's important to be out in the woods um, uh, or areas of interest uh, year-round and, and looking at what's going on. What What is going on with your natural fauna? What uh, food sources are there from January through December? You know, uh, that sort of stuff mm-hmm. is always of interest to me, and I think that's um, where you get uh, a lot of your um, predictability over the mm-hmm. long run. Yeah, you know, and it's like this area, you know, where I live right now, um, I mean, direct area, you know, for some reason, there is some type of, um, I'm going to say migratory type pattern, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I only say this because, you know, you go through BFRO reports, okay, then you have the people that's never reported at all, but if you hold some type of presentation, you know, and you get a whole room full of people that, you know, is all interested in Bigfoot, then, you know, people tend to come out and they go, well, you know, back in blah, blah, blah year, you know, I had this or I experienced that or I saw this. And then you get them to tell you, um, you know, a lot of times they want to tell you one-on-one. They don't want to tell you in front of everybody. But they'll tell you one on one. So then you gotta, you know, take that that little report there. And mm-hmm. then also, you know, I will browse different blogs out there or forums, okay? And on those forums, you know, you can also find where somebody says, you know, hey, I encountered something, 
you know, summer of 2005, let's say, and, you know, this is what me and my wife and my kids and, you know, all that, this is what we saw, okay, so you look at that, and they never reported that to anybody, but they'll put it on a forum. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm looking at those reports, <clears throat> um, you know, just what people say, and, you know, I, I mainly do Stark County because that's where I'm at, and, you know, some of the things that people say, you know, I mean, I can kind of go through, you know, a whole list of people that encountered something or heard something like howls, mm-hmm. et cetera, and they're all directly located in my area. I'm talking, you know, within yeah, as close as a quarter of a mile. Okay, <clears throat> you know, there's a gentleman that lives just a quarter mile up the street. He encountered a uh, Class A sighting, you know, but it was from 1978, okay, and he's only a quarter of a mile from me. Um, and he didn't actually report that to the BFRO. His son reported that to the BFRO. <clears throat> um you had the lady like a half a mile from me that had, you know, basically a Class A encounter, and then I'm going to call it a Class B encounter because of the tent ordeal. You know, she heard something outside of her tent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a half a mile. Uh, another gentleman that uh, told me when he was coming up just over a hill, you know, on his right-hand side, he saw, you know, one of these, uh, creature standing right beside a telephone pole, and then once that creature seen that car coming up over that hill, you know, he darted up into the woods, and, and the guy even casted a track on the side of that embankment right there. He actually casted a track, and at the time, back then, he gave it to um, oh, Don Keating, okay, Um that is only a mile from me. Um, you know, then 10 miles from me was the Minerva Monster uh, mm-hmm. sighting. And I was going to so, ask and, you about that whole thing. You know, so oh. this particular area, you know, relatively close. I mean, you know, 10 miles, that's if you drive it in your car. You know, how close is it cross country? It's going to be closer yet. So, <laughs> You know, just uh, all these things that you're, you know, that I'm putting together, you know, they're all mm-hmm. relatively really close. So something is going on, you know, through this area, but could, you know, it could vary, you know, so many miles either way. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, uh, before, well, uh, you know, I know, I know, Julie's got a question about Minerva, but I'd like to pipe in here real quick and say that, you know, Paul, one of the interesting things I like to do. I find interesting anyways, is, you know, we got BFRO, we got a ton of um, groups out there that, that have uh, sightings, uh, a, a database, you know, like a database uh, with sightings. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love to do is check out hunting forums and other avenues for sightings because you, I, I was surprised when I went into a couple of hunting forums, whether it's Facebook or just online in general, and um, started looking for oddball questions or or Bigfoot sightings, I was blown away as to how many people 
in these hunting forums would say, hey, you know, I encountered this or I saw this. And, of course, in these hunting forums, they usually get blasted. Uh, if you report something or ask a question, you get mm-hmm. annihilated, you know. But mm-hmm. it takes a lot of uh, waivos to get on a hunting forum and say, hey, has anybody else seen this or experienced this? And so I take those sightings as or experiences as profound in a lot of ways because you're sticking your, your neck on a limb even more so by hu- posting in a hunting forum. Right. Most time hunters are, you know, a lot of hunters are in there jabbing at you, posting beef jerk, you know, jerky links and this and that. Right. But right. They're, they're really honest about it. And I found uh, reports in some of these hunting forums that you won't find in a in a, the BFRO. You won't find anywhere right. else but the hunting mm-hmm. forums. You know, and to right. me, uh, I found some of the, the most amazing sightings in these hunting forums. I mean, is that a have you done that yourself, Paul? Uh, is that something well, you yeah, looked that, into? Yeah, that, that's what I was talking about when I, you know, I'll search different forums, you know, for any type of, uh, you know, encounter or sighting, you know. And, mm-hmm. yeah, some of them is hunting, and some of them are just like a generic type forum where people talk about anything, any kind of subject. You know, I, I mean, I found him in there, too. And yeah. Yeah, you just, you know, uh, sometimes you really got to leaf through, you know, a bunch of clutter to get to it. But. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Well, but I can imagine it's just a small yeah. percentage of um, actual encounters that are being reported. You know what I'm saying? If, if I were to oh, guess, yeah. probably only about 30%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would have to agree with you. Uh, definitely. Yeah. There's such a small percentage that actually get reported, you know. Because one, people don't know where to go to a lot of times. Two, people don't want to be ridiculed. And uh, Ridicule, that's yeah, so, the biggest thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, you do have some people that, okay, they saw something, but they don't know what it was that they had seen, so they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have you have those people there, too. Yep, I see yeah. something, but I don't know what it is. I'm not telling nobody because, you know, I don't even know for a fact what it is. And, you know, people are going to think I'm crazy uh-huh. anyway. So, so they don't say anything. Yeah. You know, I had yeah, a gentleman, uh, you know, when we did a presentation one time, I had an older gentleman, uh, and this was, uh, whatever, a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, he went to a presentation. He sat in the front row, and, you know, he had a sighting. Clear back in the 50s, and the only person that he ever told was his wife from the 50s, uh-huh. you know. But, you know, at the time, you know, his wife, you know, put him on the spot. And there's a little video on my YouTube channel, but the the wife put him on the spot. He goes, tell him about your sighting that you had, you know. So, you know, he's the one that actually got... um his arm smacked away by a Bigfoot. Huh. Because uh, him and his buddy was a dark out, and him and his buddy, you know, I, I think they were teenagers or whatever, and, you know, they were out in the woods, and he thought it was his buddy, you know, standing there, and he just reached up to, you know, say, hey, you know, thank you, his buddy's name was Jack or something. He goes, hey, Jack, man, you ready to go? And it wasn't Jack. It was a Bigfoot, and it swatted his arm away. Yeah. And he says, man, he goes, I ran out of them woods. And he goes, Jack, Jack was already up the street. <laughs> so, yeah. 
And, you know, he held that. And he says, I never, mm-hmm. he says, she's the only one I've ever told right. about it. Well, you know, you over know. here um, in that same area where <clears throat> we've been doing the investigation of the long-term sighting on that private property, um, that gentleman told me that over the course of the last five years, there's been about, I think he said, close to five reports that weren't made like to um, an investigation or a research organization, but rather they called the sheriff's office about uh-huh. something unknown being out on their property, um, you know, something bipedal. So I'm sure that there's um, all kinds of um, incidents that are that are known in the community. It's just I, you know, sheriff's departments aren't going to call the BFRO and go, hey, we've got this, you know what I'm saying? So, but, but it is validation because those those encounters and those stories do get around by word of mouth in the, you know, in the surrounding mm-hmm. community. So I know that in this yeah. area that we're here now, it's been a good five years of um, pretty much constant, constant activity also reported to the sheriff's department. Yeah, well, that's just like Minerva Monster, you know. They called the sheriff, and the sheriff come out, you know, and, and did a little investigation, um, you know, and the sheriff found some hair on the chicken coop, I think it was, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, send it to a nearby college or whatever, uh, university or whatever to have it analyzed, but nobody ever, nobody knows whatever happened to the hair sample. But, right. Um, you know, yeah, they called the sheriff uh, when they were having all that activity. Right, and I don't think it was their intention for all that to go public the way it did either. You know, yeah. it just so happened that that started yep. out with word of mouth, and before you know it, they had um, people pulling up in trucks with guns, getting ready to go out there and find this thing and shoot it. You know, rolling up on their property. Right. So mm-hmm. that's another classic example of why people don't really announce these things. You know. Um, right, yeah, the Catons had uh, a hell of a time with that. Right, they, it was it was a big it was a big mess, you know. And... Well, now don't don't I remember what you said, Paul? Um, you had heard when you you were involved in the Minerva Monster um, documentary um, that Seth and Brett loved and those people um, had done and. Do you remember somebody had said that there are still sightings in that area to this day? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, according to, you know, um, some of the people down there and the Catons, yeah, there is still, it's not as often, but there still is occasional sightings down there. Yeah, that's in that's intriguing because there's documentation of of uh you know, historically uh past sightings and encounters and now you have it continuing on to this day. Though maybe a little more rare. There may be very valid reasons for that, but they're still there, uh and maybe they're not right. being reported as much. So that that's very mm-hmm. intriguing stuff. I mean the whole what Seth did with the Minerva Monster commentary uh, fascinating stuff, and I know Paul, you were a part of that, and uh, uh, help you know help him provide information and stuff. So uh, very, very uh, interesting. Yeah, uh, you know when when I found out Seth and Alan and Jesse and them 
you know, they were going to put this thing on. You know, I mean, I kind of remember the incident, you know, from 78. I mean, I, at that time I didn't live um, as close, but, you know, I kind of do remember the incident and, you know, all that. And, you know, I contacted, you know, Alan and Jesse and Seth, and I says, hey, I says, you know, if you're doing, like, in-the-area-type sightings, I said, you know, uh, if you want, you can come over to the house. I'll take you back to where I had my sighting and all that. Plus, you know, I told him, I says, my brother-in-law, you know, he lived directly across the street from the Catons. So maybe he can give you a little bit more info, you know, on that area. <clears throat> And, you know, they they like the idea. So, um, you know, my little couple-minute little thing in the in the movie, I mean, there was a whole lot more to that. But, you know, you got to cut out a lot, you know, to condense it all into a movie. You know, I mean, of I course, totally yeah. understand that. <clears throat> um, otherwise, you'd have an eight-hour movie, you know. But, <clears throat> but, you know, it took me a little while to convince my brother-in-law to, you know, actually speak on camera he just one of them he just you know he'll stand here face to face and i mean he'll tell you anything you need to know but you know put him on camera you know he was kind of nervous and then he said man i really don't want to do this you know but and i said you know it'll all be okay there's not going to be you know a whole crowd of people so you're not going to you don't have to worry about that and you know he says well if we do it at your house you know he goes I'll do it, but we got to do it at your house. And and I don't know if you remember the gentleman. His name was John Hawkins, and he was actually sitting on my couch here, and he was telling about the, you know, the the, the Minerva Monster story, and you know the things he knew, and, and you know the interesting part, <clears throat> which I've known the guy for many, 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 many years, and you know I never knew some of the things that you know he was saying because he just don't talk about it. <clears throat> Even though he lived directly across the street, you know, you just don't talk about it. And he knew the Catons really well and, you know, all the kids, you know. And, <clears throat> and you know, he's sitting here and, he, you know, he's going, you know, well, you know, those Bigfoot sightings, you know, that wasn't, that didn't start in 78. He goes, that all originally started back in the late 50s. And then he caught my attention, you know, and, and he's sitting there and he's just going on and on and on. And he started telling, you know, about, you know, when he was 10 years old and him and his dad moved into the house across from the Catons. And, and you know, he says, yeah, he goes, it was like in 56. He goes, my dad encountered something, you know, uh, back then they had the outhouse. He said, which was like 100 feet from the house. And, you know, his dad goes out, you know, to use the outhouse. And, you know, he his dad heard something. And he looked out the little window and seen this big shadow thing, you know, go across the backyard. <clears throat> and, you know, scared his dad half to death. And I, I could have swore he said it was like, a couple hours before his dad would come back out the outhouse and go back into the house. And, you know, he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, there was activity. There was something going on 
back in the late 50s and continued into the 60s. He goes, so 78 wasn't the start of all that. He said there was something there well before 78. <laughs> but, you know, he remembered uh, the whole incident in 78, you know, and, you know, he remembers talking to the, you know, all the kids and, you know, just everything that's happened. And he talked about, you know, something ripped the shingles or something off, off their garage. And, yeah, he just went on and on and on. You know, and all this, I had no idea. You know, he all the years I've known him, he's never said, you know, he never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. until, you know, until, you know, I got a hold of him and he's going, oh, yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember all that. And he goes, I was just a kid. And he just, yeah, he just went on and on and on. And, you know, um, and I think there was more that, you know, he told us all, you know, but of course, like I say, you know, some of you got to cut, cut out to, to make the movie. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it goes a whole lot deeper than just what you've seen in that movie. Yeah. The fascinating thing about reports like that, you have, um, you know, and there's many of them, but you have the Minerva event, you have Whitehall event, you have uh, the Beast of Boggy Creek event. Um, mm-hmm. And I always got to wonder why, why such a, uh, what was going on during that period that everybody or a lot of people reporting sightings? Uh, you know, of course, we got to just rule in that people were involved in the hysteria of it or the the unknown of it and and grasping at stuff. But a lot of these events uh, involved credible witnesses, and you know, over a period of time that were seeing things and something was going on. What was going on? Why these big events, you know, I mean, that stick out mm-hmm. historically in the mind of individuals? Uh, what was going on? Why was, uh, you know, possibly Sasquatch doing what it was doing in these areas, you know, to get this uh, pandemonium going? You know, it, to me, yeah. I always got to think about that. You know, it's it was you know, all, all in the late 70s, right? All of them? A lot of them, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but as Paul said... <laughs> You know, um, with the Minerva thing, you know, uh, it was be, be before that. You know, I mean, that that's what made news was the here and now, but the events that were transpiring and the sightings and all that were actually predated, you know, somewhat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it all happened before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just little things that went on here and there. And, you know, but in the late 70s is like, when it really kicked off heavy, there was there was something about the late seventies, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, was it, there an influxation of people moving into these areas, expansion of homes, and 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 you know, getting into some of these uh, remote areas? I mean, who knows? I mean, it'd be an interesting thing to look at to try and figure out why this happened. All right. Yeah. Yeah, there was some kind of transition there. Something happened, you know, that that I would say that triggered, you know. um, You know, I mean, just for an example, and I'm not associating this with Bigfoot whatsoever, so nobody get me wrong here, but, uh, you know, even in 1978, I witnessed a UFO in 78. It's like 1978 was like a big year for a lot of things, and... Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, and the UFO that I had seen, uh, you know, we weren't talking. It was, you know, 
a mile away or half a mile away. This thing was directly above our heads by like maybe 200 feet. Okay, that's how close this thing was. You know, and that was 1978. Something, and we'll probably never know, but yeah, something, you know, but yeah, 78 seems to be, you know, like a, a big thing. Um, like I say, the Minerva Monster, the big deal, 78. The gentleman right up the street from me that encountered the Sasquatch that, you know, he made eye-to-eye contact with for about 30 seconds, um, 1978. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, so, yeah, late 70s was like, yeah, like well, a... Uh, yeah, a really hot time, um, you know, for, you know, like I say, a lot of things. So <clears throat> it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about, um, with you, Paul, um, your ideas of habituation. Uh, you know, where do you fall in line with the idea of habituation? It's it's a relatively, with the Sasquatch world, it's relatively new, I would say, um, you get a lot of people saying they habituate Sasquatch or they're habituating with Sasquatch. What are your thoughts on habituating, and what are your thoughts on uh, gifting, or uh, as as you know, it's coined out there, gifting Sasquatch? Well, the habituation thing, you know, I'm not real, I'm not too fond of that. Um, I mean, you, you see people say that, you know, they do this, okay. Um, but I, I guess I, I have a hard time with it, you know, because Bigfoot's in their backyard and, you know, and they're talking to it and they're feeding it and they're doing this and they're doing, but there is no evidence to support it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time with it. I'm not, you know, I can't say that habituation can't happen. Okay but I find that chances really, really slim, um, you know, of this type of thing happening. Um, right. You know, I don't, you know, I really don't, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get into so much stuff, but, you know, at this time, I guess I'm, I'm going to say I don't really support it. I don't, I don't, I seem more like, I don't think it's happening. I think people think it's happening, but I don't think, you know, um, because there there is no, you know, just like the, the whole Bigfoot uh, thing here, you know, there is nothing to support it, you know? I mean, okay, you get a few blurry pictures with some circles around. I don't see anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not see anything. If this, is the way, this is the way I look at evidence, okay? And people differ, but this is the way I look at it. If you got to circle it so I can concentrate <laughs> on one little spot, it's not worth presenting mm-hmm. because it can be anything. Right. To right. me, if you want to present evidence, you're going to show me a picture and if it's a picture of a Sasquatch and you can clearly see it, I'm going to go, damn, you know, uh, okay, that's worth presenting. But if you got to circle it or you got to point arrows to it or, 
you know, you right. got to say, well, you got to look above this fence and you got to look to the left about three feet and then look all the way back and then you see that little sapling right there right. beside that big tree with a Y in it. I'm not even going to bother. Well, because, don't uh, forget about standing on your head while you're doing it. To yeah, I'm that. not even, you know, I mean, I, I get these pictures come through my news feed and everything, you know, every day. And when I start scrolling through and I see a circle, I don't care what it says. I don't care where it's from. I just keep on going. I do not, you know, very rare do I even comment. I don't do anything. I just keep on going. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you get people that, that think that something is there. Okay, they think something is there. Okay, fine. If you think it's there, fine. But I'm not going to comment on it, and I'm not going to say, well, I don't see nothing. You're crazy. Well, next thing you know, there's an argument. I don't got time for that. Right. It's right. not even worth arguing about yep. because it's worth the value. You know, I just keep scrolling by, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... If you want to present evidence in front of me, I want to be able to clearly see it, even if it's just a head or whatever, you know. I want to be able to clearly see it. I don't want to look through circles and, you know, I don't want to have to download it to my computer and, you know, magnify it 28 times. You know, <laughs> I, don't want to, I, don't, I don't want to do any of that. I'm not going to do any of that, you know. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, and you know, uh, it, 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 the bottom line I would say is that it's not going to prove anything. I mean, Paul, what are your opinions on what it will take to prove the existence of Sasquatch? Uh, the you only know, thing obviously, you're, yeah, yeah. The, the only thing you're going to get to prove that this thing exists to science, okay? There's people out there, um, you know, that witnessed this. They knew exactly 100 percent you know, what they saw, they know it was there. You know, they're not seeing things. And mm-hmm. it, that thing was there, okay? Those type of people, you know, like myself, okay, I don't have to really prove anything because I saw it. I know it exists, okay? I personally don't have to prove anything to anybody, okay, because I already know. I'm a knower, all right, mm-hmm. but... In order to uh, get other people to believe and science to believe, you are going to have to have a body, okay? I'm not going to be the guy to go out to shoot one just for the body. That's not going to happen, okay? Um, You know, I would rather somehow find one that, you know, had been deceased or whatever, okay? That's the way I would want to find a body. I'm not going to go out and kill one just for science. That's not going to happen, ever. Well, yeah. The only time that that maybe I would take, uh, you know, a shot or two at is if it was a life-and-death situation, you know. But chances are, you know, there's not really going to be that life-and-death situation, you know. Um, Yeah, they might intimidate to get you out of an area, you know, they might bluff charge you to get you out of an area. Um, but to come up and just latch a hold of you and rip you limb from limb, I really right. don't see that happening. You know, well, because if that was they the don't case, want to... we'd all be ripped to shreds by now. Well, uh, just from, you know, what I gather, um, 
you know, these things don't want anything to do with us. You know, right. these things, you know, you just leave me alone, I'll leave you alone, you know, but um, they just want to be left alone. And if you're in an area, um, you know, where you shouldn't be and they're there, they're going to let you know that they're there, you know, and if they don't want you in that area, yep, they may they might throw rocks at you, they might throw sticks at you, they might bluff charge you, they might grunt, they mm-hmm. might growl, they might do whatever just to intimidate you to get you to leave, and then everything's all happy again. But, yeah, right. uh, for a Bigfoot to actually come up and just, you know, kill somebody just because you were there, I really don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, there is always a possible chance, but I just, my personal opinion, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, it's going to take a body for science. That's all there is to yeah. it. Yeah, and so now, and so you can take things. That is well, see, the heavy thing. question. Though that is the heavy question, though, as a researcher, someone that uh, documents their findings and 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 uh, takes a subject seriously in the field and out the field. Um, you know, what's it going to take to prove the existence, and what are you doing as a researcher of the subject uh, to uh, bring this to the, you know, the limelight? You know, um, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a very heavy question. You know, I mean, what are we doing out there uh, besides, you know, for now they're trying I to. I guess uh, I guess you know we all are in hopes of you know just finding that little bit of uh, you know uh, class B type evidence, you know, footprints, mm-hmm. tracks. Uh, you know, pictures, videos. Um, okay, you know, that's part of the research thing, even though science is not going to accept that, even though there is plenty of that out there where, you know, they could prove that this species does exist. Um, you know, but I guess, uh, you know, like me, um, you know, maybe I'm hoping to come across uh, something is deceased or, you know, maybe come across the skeleton of some type and, you know, hope that it is, you know, one of these creatures, you know, something like that. Um, right. You know, again, again, the chances of that are slim to none, but there still is that slight possibility. You know, and I'll tell you something about science. See, science does not, they do not support the theory of Sasquatch. They are not going to support it. They're, they they don't take it seriously, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Just for an example, uh, the Billy Ape, you know, that uh, they found out that that Billy Ape species exists, and, you know, it's a rather large ape. Um, They proved that not by a body, but by, you know, uh, the researchers or whatever that go out in these remote places um, by filming them, okay? Mm -hmm. They filmed them. Guess what? Here's the Billy Ape. It's a new species, blah, 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 blah. They can do that by filming because they take they take eight monkeys, gorillas, all that. They take that seriously, okay? Sasquatch, they do not. So in order for science to accept it, you're going to have to give them a specimen. But right. you know, just like uh, you know, just like just like uh, fish in the deep sea, okay? They can run a remote camera down there, and if they get pictures of it or they get film of it, well, guess what? We found a new whatever, you know, at 4,000 feet or whatever, and, okay, now it's a new species, something they, you know, they came across because they take that mm-hmm. stuff seriously. Sasquatch, yeah. they do not. So film, yeah. 
uh, photo, tracks, you know, anything like that, yeah, I mean, it kind of supports, you know, our little theory. It's not going to do anything for science. Mm -hmm. Well, not at this point, and I think that's a key point when you talk about this subject because I think – uh, you know uh, what the what you're doing out there, Paul, and many other groups, uh, including the Limit Project, I'm involved with, uh, is that we're there for the day of discovery. We are collecting data, collecting everything we can for the day of discovery. Uh, we don't we don't assume that uh, we're going to come across a body and prove anything to uh, science or the general public. We're we're collecting data for something that we know uh, exists, and yet. Uh, we can't prove just yet, but we're collecting the data so that day discovery comes along, we can be like, oh, well, yeah, here you go. Here's the data. Here's what we know or, or we think we know. Um, and it will be a compilation of a hugely uh, big compilation of data that mm-hmm. uh, can help better understand what we're dealing with. You know, So to me – uh, pe- people like yourself, Paul, and the groups I work with, and the many groups out there that are doing really good uh, research, um, will be able to provide uh, science. Like, well, here you go. This is what we compiled. You know? mm-hmm. So that's important. But having said that, uh, Paul, do you believe? Uh, and this is a question from the chat room. Do you believe the government is aware of Sasquatch, and do you believe they may have obtained a body at some point? Well, I don't know if, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, that they're aware of it, Um, you know, because, you know, even just little bits and pieces of, uh, you know, information that's floating out there that, you know, there's some documents, uh, if they're real, you know, they acknowledge that Bigfoot does exist. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, could they possibly have a body? Yeah, it's possible. You know, the, the government just has that. Um, what do you want to call it? Um, uh, yeah, I can't even think of the word now. But uh, yeah, you know they they have the knowledge they've got. You know they've got they've got things that you know the the people don't know about, and they don't want people to know about. Um, <clears throat> you know, do they have some type of UFO related stuff? I'm sure they do. You <clears throat> know. Uh, the government likes to, they like to hide a lot of stuff from the people. Um, but, yeah, I would say that they're they're definitely aware of it. Um, you know, who was, uh, there was a gentleman, dang it, I can't think of his name right now. Um, I probably will later after I get off the phone. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he even talked about his sighting when he was in training in the military and, you know, him and his whole, uh, I guess, platoon or whatever uh, that he was out with, you know, they all witnessed, you know, they all witnessed this this thing. And, um, you know, he, he told all about it, you know, what happened. And, you know, and it was in the wintertime and, you know, things like that. And, yeah, so I, I would think that, you know, the government does know that these exist. Are they going to acknowledge it, you know, to the people? No. Um, you know, I mean, you do have, you know, people come up with, well, they don't want to acknowledge it and and say, hey, it's it's real, blah blah blah, because that's that's going to affect logging, it's going to affect this. You know, I don't really think it's going to affect anything. 
Right. You know, and and I agree. You know, well, we don't want we we don't want people going out and you know shooting this thing and you know well, you already have people doing that now or attempting to do it, you know, which is wrong. Um, you know, uh, if they release info, hey, guess what? Sasquatch does exist. You know, we have a specimen right here. We've already, you know, we've already done everything to it, and you know, that still really isn't going to change. You know, where you know uh, people's not going to go out and just start shooting the things randomly. They're not going to do that. You know, uh, you just got some crazy people that you know. Well, hey, we need a body. I'm gonna go kill one. Well, good luck with that because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't even find one, let alone shoot <laughs> Right, right, right. So, that's, that's a bit of a joke, uh, you know, as far as I mean, <laughs> trying to go out. And you know, I mean, I do I do take, you know, I do take my forty five out with me, you know, whenever I go out researching. But it's not mm-hmm. for to shoot one of these, you know. It's for the crazy people that might be out there or, you know, coyote or anything, you know, like that. Yeah. That's... That's why I carry it, and, you know, and it does not come out of my holster, you know, unless I would, you know, come across that type of scenario. But, you know, I don't take one out just to, you know, shoot one and go, well, you go, here's a body. Because the minute you do, if you go through the wrong channel, you know, say say uh, you come across the body or say you went out and you shot one and then you go, okay, here, I got a body. If you go through the wrong channel, that body's not going to do you any good because it's going to get confiscated one way or another. That's right. That's, that's well, the way I see. That's the way I see it. Well, you know, I can't di- agree with you or disagree with you there, but I will say that I mean, or ask you, where do you see uh, the, this research going, and what are you doing to uh, at this time in in your future? Um, ideas and, and endeavors, where do you see yourself, you know, what, what is going on with this research? Anything positive? Where do you see yourself down the road here? Well, you know, when it comes to all this research, you know, I think everybody that does it, I mean, we're we're all basically stuck um, in a rut, let's say. Uh, we're all doing the same thing. We're all coming up with the same thing. You know, it's it's hard to, um, you know, come up with something new that's going to get us new evidence. It's really hard to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the research really hasn't changed for many, many, many years. It really hasn't changed um, because everybody's still doing the same thing as what everybody else is doing. You know, once in a while somebody will come up with a, you know, let's think outside the box type thing, and right. you know, and they try it, but there's no results. So, you know, the the only thing I do is, you know, when I have the time, you know, I go out, I research, you know, I just I try to, you know, do different areas. Um, you know, I mainly don't just stick to one, and and you know, hopefully, you know, one day maybe. You know, I come across something that's um, worthwhile, you know what I mean, to to present or, or whatever. But, yeah, it's just, you know, everybody's doing the same, basically the same thing. And yeah. that's not yeah. going to get us anywhere. And something else that don't get us anywhere is, you know, you have too many, you know, what I call greedy type people. They don't want to share information. 
They don't want to share anything that they have. You know, um, they want to just kind of keep it for themselves. And, you know, you're not going to get anywhere like that. You know, you get too many people, you know, this group fights with this group, and, you know, that's not going to get you anywhere. So we're, I think we're basically just, we're we're leveled out. We're stuck there until, you know, people start working together and, you know, sharing whatever evidence, information, um, you know, I mean, you do have those type of people that, you know, they don't want to share because, you know, they've already tried it once before, and the next thing you know, you got these fence jumpers. They come in because they ain't get, they're not getting anything, but this group over here is, you know, they've got, let's just say they got hair samples and they've got prints and they've got, you know, this and that. Well, then you got these people. They want to go over to where the group that is getting something and, you know, they kind of want to sneak in that area and try to take the area over. You know, it happens all the time. You know, that's why people, you know, they'll say, well, I research this area, but they they give a general description because they don't want these other people coming in and maybe destroying or interfering on, you know, what they're doing, and then yeah. mess it all up, and then now this group has to start all over. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Paul, we're down to our last couple of minutes. I will say that I think there's some going to be some unique stuff coming out of this field down the road here, and that um, I will disagree with you a little bit, saying that uh, people are doing the same things. Yes, uh, predominantly people are doing the same things on the field, but I think uh, uh, some of the findings that are going to be presented down the road here may be unique. We'll see what happens. Uh, I could be totally wrong, but I think some of the findings uh, from certain groups and individuals will be pretty unique down the road here, uh, and and I hope for the best. But I want to, we're down to, you know, I'll give you 30 seconds here, but where can people find uh, you and your research, um, you know, if they're seeking you out? Well, if they want to check out, you know, what we do or whatever, just go to com. Um, you know, we, once in a while we update the site there with, you know, with anything and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, some of the maybe, uh, things that's coming up, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll be speaking at the, uh, Squatch Fest in Mohegan mm-hmm. State Park coming up in August. So, you know, just different things like that. Yeah, they can go visit the website. They don't get updated every day, but, you know, I do it when I can. Uh-huh. Right. Absolutely. Well, and then the thank, Facebook uh, group. The Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, we got yeah, our uh, Facebook group. Yep. Yeah. Just type in Janoska yeah. Project, and, yeah, it'll it'll come up. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank uh, you, Paul Hayes, for joining us tonight, uh, and uh, for uh, Julie for uh, being my co-host tonight. And we wow. will uh, do a – we will have another fantastic show for you next weekend, next Sunday. Um, and thank you all for listening in. And once again, thank you, Paul He's uh, from the yeah, Project Paul. for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. And thank yep. you, uh, Julie, for uh, you know providing good content and being my co-host tonight. And uh, we will um, see you all I next weekend. That. Thank you. Yeah, and Paul, okay. hope to have you back on the show soon. Yeah. Right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, guys. All right. Have a good night. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. Bye. Everybody have a great night. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next weekend.